Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. (laughs) Is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving Busy Mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. It is a day. It's an absolute day. Where has it gone? Where, how, I don't even know. How on earth are we in March? I mean, actually, how are we almost done with March? I do not know. I don't know. It's it's like this nervous, anxious energy that I have, perhaps. Maybe too much coffee. That's always the big question mark. Um, I am definitely in a countdown mode. I can feel that. Um, I'm heading to the States in a few months, and I am just like in need of a mom hug. Yeah, my 42-year-old self needs a mom hug. <laughs> bananas, but I, I guess, uh, I don't know. I just have such a strong connection with my mom and, um, I just have really been missing her. Well, anyways, I am excited to connect with a fellow American today. Um, today on the show, we are welcoming Michelle Pratt, who is the creator of safe in the seat. So Michelle is a nationally certified child passenger safety technician and a mama bear of two. Like I said, she's the founder of Safe in the Seat and her goal is to bridge the gap between the science and the technical side of a car seat safety with real everyday mom life. I mean, it's a really cool concept and I love that she's like freaking bossing it and has made a career out of this. So I absolutely agree because I've been on her website and it says car seats can be confusing. Yes, they can. And it gives me flashbacks of, you know, when we were first trying to install the car seat into our car in London. But she is going to arm you with the correct information and share easy to understand ways for you to be confident. And um, I wish I was (laughs) way more confident back then when we were first trying to navigate this. So I am so excited to meet Michelle for the first time and dive into understanding better yeah, even now, like, I mean, Addie is in a car seat. She's three. I, I need to understand if I'm doing it right. And uh, so this is going to be a fabulous free lesson for me. So let's dive into this week's Busy Mumsy Chat. Well, Michelle Pratt, it is hook, line, and sinker, and it is time for Busy Mumsy Chat. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for I'm having really me. I'm really good. You have to tell me, where are you in the lovely world? I am in Tampa, Florida. Sunny, beautiful Tampa, Florida. Well, I, I, I'm going to have to say that I can beat you with the sun right now as I'm in Uganda. My, being that I am pretty much on the equator, it's a little yeah. bit hotter here. Yes, I think you win. <laughs> well, you know, you actually, you don't know this because we are just meeting, but um, you are a stone's throw away from my mom. She oh. is just south of Tampa in Ellington. 
Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Good old retirement community. And yeah. And I love going to the outlets. I'm an outlet girl. I'm an outlet shopper. Are you? Yeah. I I mean, if I get there, it seems like even 30 or 45 minutes away when you're like in the mom life is like a trip. Yeah. Well, you have two, right? You've got two kids. So I'm a big online shopper. Okay, you're a big online. Well, unfortunately, I used to be underline used to be the the online shopping does not exist here in Uganda. Right, right. Yes, I uh, that would be a struggle for me, I think. What what would be like the the withdrawal that you would have from from one particular like online? Exactly. I mean, for Amazon. sure. Just the ease and convenience of, oh, shoot, I'm out of toilet paper. Like, whatever yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I literally am now in my head going, oh, I remember when. I remember because when I was living in London, that was an everyday like, oh, wait, we need toothpaste. Let me order that. Oh, wait, we need dental floss. Let me just order that. That's my current state. Yes. No, no such luxury for you anymore. Or at least for now. (laughs) You know, you know what, though? And now I get to like look forward to not only booking the flights to go back to the States, but also to do those Amazon orders and my my, my love of Macy's and my love of Net-A-Porter. I'm like, I will put those orders in and they will be there upon arrival. That's right. They will. Something to look yeah. forward to. Christmas in the middle of the summer. <laughs> well, Michelle, I am so stoked to have you on the show because you are the creator of Safe in the Seat. And that oh. is a awesome. It is such a wonderful business that you have created. So I just want to do a little rewind because it's been what 12 years since you've launched this brand. No, I launched like three years ago. Oh my gosh, um, it was like 12 still, years ago. No, we're still very, very new. We're in our third year right now. Well, kickball change. Let's rewind just a little bit. We're going three years back, safe in the seat. Where did the idea, where did the aha moment come from? How, why, when? Please take it away. So originally the idea sort of started when my son was born and I thought, why is no one telling me? (laughs) Why is no one helping me? Like I'm relatively smart. I'm pretty well resourced. Like I did all the things and then we get to leaving the hospital and I had no idea what to do and was really relying on my wonderful nurse to help me and she couldn't. And it sort of started becoming like a little idea in my mind then of, I can't be the only one that feels this way. And that, you know, my birth experience wasn't as planned as many people, you know, I think can relate to. And so I already had a pretty stressful time and then I'm getting in the car and, you know, my then husband and I were just fighting about it. We didn't know what we were doing. It was not the great way to end that whole experience and it could have been avoided. So it sort of started with like, you know, this might be something for me to think about in the future where I could potentially help people with this because it shouldn't be so hard to access. Um, And I want somebody that's like me to teach me. That's a mom that, you know, that kind of can really get this, this feeling that we're having and and take it away. (laughs) Well, you know, as for someone like myself who lived in the city for many, many years, I actually didn't even think of the whole like, oh, I need to have a car seat to actually leave the hospital. Right, right. That was new news to me. Was that something new to you? I mean, but, but you're driving because you're in Florida. So yeah. not being in the, you know, in an urban area where, yes, I mean, I was driving, you know, 
myself essentially to the hospital. I knew I needed a car seat, but I never thought I need to know how to use it. I just thought having the car seat meant I would know how to use it. So I never practiced. I never put a baby in a car seat before. I'd never, I, I, I just literally, until I had my own little seven pounder and then was going to put him in this car seat, I was like, wait, these straps, what do you do with them? Where do you put them? How do you, how do you loosen them? How do you, how tight do they need to be? It wasn't until that moment I was leaving the hospital that I even thought about that. And so you leave the hospital, your your delivery did not go to plan. No. I mean, that in itself wipes your brain, right? Yes. Yes. So so in the thick of all of that, you still put in the back of your brain, hmm, I think there's a business plan here. I just felt like there's definitely a way I can help here. And it may not be right now, but I knew that that feeling of uncertainty in like a really profound moment in our lives was not something that needed to happen, that we could erase that, take that away. Um, You know, I say all the time that to control the controllable, because we know with kids, there's so much that is not controllable. And car seat safety is one of those things that we can like we can really nail it down. We can't control if we're going to get in an accident or not, but we can know we're doing everything possible to keep our kids safe in the car. So yeah, it just sort of started bubbling up then. And then after I had my second is when I really sort of decided to make a run for it. So now break it down then. So you've got two kids, you went through all the fires, you, you, you jumped the hurdles, you flipped upside down, you may have pulled your hair out or got a few gray hairs. I did all of the above. All of the above. So break it down now as a now new parent leaving the hospital. What do they need to know? What should they invest in? That's always a million dollar question, right? Because there's so many shiny, bright things, so many options. What would be as the expert with car seats and safety? What would be some of your like top five tips there as that new parent leaving the hospital? I mean, I think my number one tip is to do what none of us did, which is practice. So, <laughs> I mean, well, get the car seat. Oh, There's when a- is there time? When is there time? I mean, I spent so much time on my pretty nurse. You know, when you're first born, it's like you think you're going to spend time in the nursery. You don't. But I had my nursery all set. I had my going home outfit all set. I had, you know, all the things, like you said, all the flashy, pretty things. My, you know, I had a baby shower. I got all these wonderful things from people, but never did anyone say, Hey, by the way, your kid is going to be in a car seat and you're not going to know how to use it unless you practice. So I really feel like that's single-handedly. I have a lot of tips, but that to me is like the top tip practice make the time for it, get a doll, get another kid, you know, get one of your friend's kids, get a teddy bear. It doesn't matter what and use your car seat because buckling in a teddy bear is already going to feel, I had a dad the other day that I worked with and he started crying. First of all, the, the first part of it, he was like, I don't need to read manuals. Men don't read manuals. And he puts the infant base in the car all wrong. We fix it. And he's all macho about it. Then we get to harnessing with practicing. And he gets super teary because it becomes real. He can, I'm getting like goosebumps even saying it because he's yeah. starting to feel like, oh, wow, I'm going to put my live child in this seat. And I have no freaking clue what I'm doing right now. And so I can't imagine what it would be like if I had my real kid and I didn't know what I was doing. That's what we try to eliminate for everybody. So practice with something. 
I, I, I'm going to completely fully admit, I remember being in the back of the black cab in London, leaving the hospital and she was in, Adia was facing back. So she was turned the correct way, but, and we had a seatbelt through it, but I feel like I was kind of like hurdled on top of her as a just in case yeah. because we weren't really sure. And we, we decided to go home in a black cab. Like we didn't right. bring yeah. the car. So it was kind of like, this is what we're doing. I walked to the hospital. Like that's what I wanted to do. I, cause I had an elective cesarean and I was like, I was scheduled and I knew what time I had to be at the hospital. And so I wanted to walk there and I knew yep. we were going to black cab at home. And I, I literally, I was, I was hovered on top of her for sure. Well, we have like a lot of other things that are going on, um, which is also why, and there can be unexpected things. So I just really like to take the guesswork out of this part that we know is going to happen. You're going to have to transport your child home. And most people know they're going to need to do that in a car seat. It's just that not, that other step of like, well, how, how do I do that? It's not just because you're smart or you're well-resourced or your friend showed you a car seat that you're going to just know how to do it. It's not something that we become mothers and are like, oh, got it. <laughs> right. No, you have to really practice what you're doing and then get really, really comfortable with it, which is very possible to do. And then you can check it off your list and go worry about breastfeeding or whatever else. Yeah, no, I actually am like three years into being a mom and even our current situation of a car seat right now is not the best. Yeah. And we have her positioned within the car currently that it's in the back, like it's way in the back of the SUV. And I feel like she's enclosed enough, but my whole thing is she won't, she likes to have it around like midsection and legs, but it's the shoulder part that she is before you know it, she's pulling before you know it, she's pulling. How do you get them to stop doing that? How, like, <laughs> is it okay that it's just around the midsection? I know you're going to say no, Michelle. I, actually, I'm not going to make eye contact with you right now because you're going to say no, but <laughs> you fix that. Yeah. I don't want her flying out of the seat. So no, I don't want her flying out of the seat, but like, what, what are, what are some options with a fussy toddler that you're trying to, you know, strap down and in, in that car? So, I mean, maybe not for your case, but for most people's cases, I want you to start talking about car seat safety in a positive way from the time your kid exits your body. Because a lot of times we're talking really negatively about the car seat in front of our kids. Freaking car seat. I can't get it tight. I hate strapping you in here. Picking you up is hard. And our kids like start to take that on. It's not a solve for everything, but I think just talking about how it's going to say, you know, you don't have to say it's going to save your life in a crash, but you can talk about how it's, you know, safety and we buckle up to stay safe. And, oh my gosh, look at how this is protecting you. And those types of things, just kind of giving some language around it. Most often babies or toddlers are really hating their car seat because there's something wrong with the fit. So as kids grow, we have to grow the car seat with them. So if a child is able to like pull straps down, my guess is her shoulder straps are too far down below her shoulders and she's able to do that. Whereas if they were fitted up more where they're supposed to be, she would have, and the harness was at the right level of tightness, it would be much more difficult for her to pull those straps down. It's just like if we had a looser bra strap, right? Like we can easily like kick that thing down. But if it's tight, it's gonna take a little bit more effort. And especially when we add a chest clip, 
depending on where you are in the world, if you have a chest clip or not, um, you know, that can, that can be a factor as well. Then there's like a lot of behavioral stuff that you can do with just giving them something else to do with their hands. It seems so simple, but like giving them a toy that has like a buckling, a fastening, a buttoning, a zipper, things that are, um, you know, really tactile to do with their hands and say, instead of touching that, let's do this. Reward systems can help, you know, positive reinforcement. The other thing I'll say is this is very much a phase. It's very much a toddler phase. I feel like it's a right parenting passage. Where yeah. It's either the, you know, the straight two by four trying to get in the seat or the complete limp noodle trying to get in the seat or the runner, you know, the kid that gets in the car and is like in the cargo space before you know it. So it'll, it will be a phase. I realize that doesn't help so much in the in the moments, but setting a timer honestly works for a lot of kids too. Like my kids used to love when we would try to beat the timer. So we had had a little visual timer on my phone. They would push it to start. And then we would try to beat the timer to get into the seat. If getting in is a challenge for people. So making it like fun. Sometimes it takes like two or three more minutes, but it's way better than a tantrum. (laughs) It's way shorter. Because I, I, think of my daughter and and her tantrums have flying limbs and like she's got pretty good like hand swaps forward and a a good kick here and there so yeah no I I actually love the timer idea I think that that's a fun I think she would really get into that she knows how to unbuckle yeah and that's a bit scary she can can she unbuckle the bottom part the crotch buckle part yeah yeah she loves Legos. Um, this is a child that is really good at building and she's she's been busy with her hands her entire three years. So I'm not surprised that she can do it. Yeah. But she, she is very, she'll go, we're here. And then she you hear it click and she's yeah. out. Well, if she's able to wait until you get there to unbuckle, you know, at what, she's three? Yeah. Yeah, I mean- Make sure you have the child locks on your vehicle doors because I don't want yes, her do. Do. opening that opening that vehicle door. Um, if she's able to wait, I mean, it's young to do that. But if she's waiting, I would, especially for somebody that's very tactile and likes to do that kind of stuff, I would give her something else to do with her hands. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. I'm definitely going to keep that one in my back pocket. And I'm definitely yeah. going to do the timer. I think that that is genius to make it fun as well, because yeah, a timer, a song can be really great too. Like by the end of this song, let's do this. Which song do you want to pick this one or that one? You know, anything that all the same behavioral, um, like reinforcement type techniques that we use at home to use them when they're getting into the car can be super helpful. And like I said, it's not forever and it's worth an extra two or three minutes on the front end to save you from disaster yeah. on the back end. Yeah, I can, I, I just keep in my head, it's, it's filled with a lot of disasters. There's a lot of disasters in my yeah. head of I, I could go through, but I'm not yeah. going to right now because I want to ask you because I, I want to learn in case I get lucky enough to have another child. And, you know, w- w- when you do get to have that that second time around, there's obviously those chances of, like, I want to redo this. I want to try this again and do this better and right. When do you know when to change their seat and to graduate them from facing back to facing forward? What type of seat? When the child even gets a little bit older, the type of booster, like how do you know? Because there's milestones for everything, right? How do you know when it's the right time for your child 
to be shifting to the next level within safety in the car? So the number one misuse that we see is kids moving to the next stage too soon. So the first thing is slow down. It is a long road. Your kid is going to be in some sort of device like booster up until they're like 10 to 12 years old. Come so, on, Michelle. We just want them to go to university, right? We're ready for them to go. <laughs> Why don't you go? Out but you we go. celebrate. I need my glass of wine. You go to university now. You're fine. You're good. We just want to get them there safe and alive. And so we're going to. Yeah keep them in a device that's going to protect them in the event of a car crash. And so part of it, I feel like is on us. Like nobody told me when I had my son, like, Hey, by the way, you're going to have him in something until he's like 10 to 12 years old. I don't like, I was like, what? I mean, really? what? That, that, yeah. I didn't think it was that long. Yeah. Because their bodies, even if they look bigger on the outside, they're not fully developed on the inside and that adult seatbelt and airbags. Those are some serious things coming out of kid's body. That's not yet totally developed. So yeah, we there, you know, booster into that age is, it's like, you don't want to put in all the work and then be like, screw it. You're six. That's good enough. I got you far enough down the line. No, like you put in all this freaking work. Don't, don't give up yet. You're like at the, you know, last part of the race. And so you got to keep them in something. So slow it down. The general best practice is max out the stage you're in before you move to the next one. Rear facing to forward facing is the one people always have the most questions about. What I like to like when I started this whole thing, it was, I couldn't find somebody who could talk to me in a way that was like, okay, I, but why, but why? Like, if I understand why it matters, I'm probably far more likely to actually comply with what I'm supposed to do. So for rear facing, Everyone understands that children can't hold their necks up when they're newborns, right? They don't have the muscular structure, the bone development to hold their heads up. Okay, well, that makes sense. A rear-facing seat is going to support them. The other thing a lot of people understand is that babies, toddlers' heads are huge. They're mm -hmm. so much larger than their body. And so if you think about a car crash, what would happen forward-facing with a young child with a huge head and an underdeveloped spine? In the event of a car crash, they don't have anything to protect that head. It's flying forward and coming back. Like I still, I've said that 4,000 million times. I still get goosebumps when I say it. Because yeah, you think about that visual, yeah. Yeah. it's terrifying. So we want to give our kids enough time to let their bones, their muscles, their structure grow, develop, strengthen, their heads normalize out a little bit to be proportionate with their bodies before we turn them forward facing. And the best way to do that is to look at the limits of your convertible car seat, the one that rear and then forward faces, and to try to get them as close to those max rear facing limits as possible. I honestly, I'm, I'm vowing to you right now, Michelle, because I still have goosebumps. I am getting that that damn harness over the shoulders tomorrow. Yeah. If she's late for school, she's late for school. Yeah, especially like the harness is critical because it's the, the way I try to explain tightening straps to people, like why do we keep it as tight as we do? And it's because the less movement, the less injury. If we have a lot of space between the harness and the body and you, you add crash forces, that's some serious stuff. If you also add in an underdeveloped body, it's a recipe for disaster. And one we can avoid <laughs> like car seats, 
will save your child's life when used properly. So yeah, we got to get those harness straps up and over her shoulders. And if she's smart enough to understand the unbuckling and some of the other stuff, you may be able to talk to her in some different ways about, um, you know, how it is protecting her. Even if she has like a doll or a stuffy or something that she loves, get her to buckle that in when you're not rushed to go anywhere and talk about how we're keeping that lovey of hers safe, what it looks like to be safe in your car seat. Yeah. And I instantly then think about too, uh, not that I'm going to make this whole podcast just about my daughter and how, how am I supposed to just take care of her, Michelle? But I'm also in the thick of potty training right now. Yeah. And so there's this element of like, oh gosh, I don't want to put her in the car. And how, how am I managing if there's an accident and like all of those things, how it's, are there, are there tricks within this that you advise that could be done perhaps even in the house to going out yeah. to the car? I mean, Please. it's a lot. Let's just be serious. Like some stages of parenting and where is my glass of wine now, Michelle, yeah. because where I sit, it is, it is of, 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 of an allowed time. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, I'd like to tell you it's like easy peasy and do these three things and you're done and good to go, but it kind of sucks. Um, so, you know, the preventative stuff we have, a, I did a video on YouTube all about potty training because this gets asked all the time. The thing is, so some car seats are, uh, the covers are washable. I never wash my car seat like ever. The first time I did a clean your car seat video on YouTube is the first time I'd ever removed a car seat cover. <laughs> Washed it. <laughs> because I'm just not, I just, I don't have time. I'm not doing that. And then you have to, you have to delay time in between the next time they ride, you let things dry. I, I don't have time for that. Good for the people that are consistent machine wash car seat cover people. That's an option. But what you're mainly going to do is try to be preventative. No, you cannot add anything to your car seat. No, you cannot add a puppy pad or a potty liner or any of the other products that you can't get because of where you are. Well, but, well, let me just tell you, I do have over a thousand puppy pads in this house because we, we do have a sausage dog that is wee wee pad trained and okay. I've used the, the puppy pads in her bed, but I've not okay. put them out in the car. Well, don't put them in the car. What I would do is you're, you know, in potty training, you're trying to teach the feeling of when you have to go to the bathroom and then what it feels like if you do, and you should have gone in the bathroom. And so having them put on their undies and then put a, like putting a pull-up or even a diaper over the top can be a way to protect your car seat, but still try to work with them on that whole like potty learning thing. Obviously mm -hmm. get them to go to the bathroom before you get in the car whenever, right. whenever possible. And there are portable potties that you can, you know, that like fold up real little that you can keep in your car, which obviously if, you know, your toddler's got to go, they got to go and they're not, you're not going to wait to pull over somewhere. But if there is an option, you're at a park, you're able to pull over somewhere safely. You can store that thing in the back. It has little bags in it. You can, I, a lot of times tell people to line it with a diaper just to make cleanup even easier. And then they can go and you can be on, on your way. That's obviously if you have some heads up that it's yeah. Fun. I mean, it's, it's always a big question mark here because we also are inundated with potholes. So yeah. when you are in the car, you just get the absolute bejesus just shook out of you. By the time you get from point A to point B, everyone has to go to the bathroom by the yeah. time you get to point B. Yeah. 
It just I would. I mean, I'm lazy when it comes to that stuff. And so for me, I would definitely do underwear and a pull up over the top and just say, we're going to learn the majority of the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's so much within this sector. Did you ever, like of, of, you know, safety in car seat, did you ever think starting this as long as you've been doing it, that you would just like, it would keep generating and churning and churning as it has. No, I mean, I initially started by just like volunteering, helping out my friends in the community. I mean, like I got nationally certified, like I'm happy to help you or answer any questions. I was nervous to help them without that certification because I was like, what if I'm wrong? Um, and then when I started, I really started on Instagram first and it just slowly started where other people could resonate with the, the feeling of why is this so hard? Why is this so complicated? And then I think, you know, what I try to do in everything that we put out there is take the like science, scary technical side and make it real and relatable and like doable so that people, yes, it's very complicated and it's scary stuff, but it's also something we can absolutely control. And that's what I love about it because motherhood is a, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but you know, it's a crazy town. It is. And there's absolutely allowed to swear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a show and you never know what's going to happen. And for somebody that's, you know, type A control freak like me, it's, that's been a really, really hard adjustment is just the, just the chaos that does happen every day. And this was one area where I'm like, okay, it's really important. It's the most dangerous thing we do with our kids on any given day. I can't find the information that I need, but it is possible to, to keep them as safe as possible, like as safe as possible. So how can I do that? I mean, how can I just empower other caregivers to do the same? Right. And, but you've also touched on the whole thing of, of chaos and the chaos that is in the world and the chaos that is within every household, whether super rich, middle-class, lower class, how can you, is it, is there, is there safe enough products on the market for everyone? Is 100%. this a market? That is completely saturated. Like, how do you feel that the market is for car seats for everyone? Is it friendly to the masses or is this something that, that people need to step up on? No, I think that all, at least in the in US, right, all crash tests pass. There, there are different standards everywhere and they all pass the same standards. But since I'm US based, I'll talk about that. The, the crash test standards are the same whether you buy a $60 seat or a $600 seat. Now they have different bells and whistles sometimes or added padding or different colors or a feature that maybe one doesn't have, but curse car safety is accessible to absolutely everyone. And even if it's, if it is a situation where it's not accessible from a financial standpoint, there are resources to help people to get the proper car seat to safely protect their kid. It's just, they have to, anybody has to have the like initiative to do to do it. Um, well, I mean, like, like buying it, like, you know, a resale or whatever, you know, it, 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 do you advise that? Or is it something that like, as long as it comes with like the, the information packet with it, is that still okay? Or it's not my favorite, like with a car seat, I would highly recommend it being new when that's possible. Sometimes that's just not possible. Um, and the main reason I advise that is because you don't know the history of the seat. You don't know how it was used. You don't know if it, I mean, you want to make sure it's not expired. It wasn't in an accident. It didn't travel under a plane unprotected. It didn't get washed with Clorox. I don't know, whatever. Any of those things you may not know. 
And so there's that risk of the unknown again, where in this type of thing for car seat safety, as we can tell from what I've shared, I really like to be certain and like, no, um, but there are certainly going to be some situations for some people where buying a used car seat uh, is the best option, or it's like, we're traveling. I want another car seat. Let me see if my local mom's group has a car seat that I could use. And then in that case, you just sort of want to go through the questions. Like, yeah, I mean, you just cost. had one up about Costco's and it just, yeah. you, you did a demo and it, it looked fab and it was like very reasonably like a standard it's, price. Correct. It's a great seat. <laughs> Like I try to really, I'm not sponsored by any brands intentionally because I really want, now there are some brands that I, I don't like. <laughs> so, so we don't talk about those seats because I don't recommend them. Um, but the neutrality aspect is really important to me because I want people to know that you don't have to buy the most expensive seat to keep your child safe. That Costco seat that is 70-ish US dollars is, and it used to be like, 45 us dollars so thank you inflation wow. yeah i mean that's the thing it's just like such a chaotic crazy world that we're living in and we obviously you want people to have healthy babies and safe babies and is like you know a million dollar question of is it accessible and i'm so glad that you've made it clear that there are great things on the market that clearly are and you know always get paperwork if you are buying something that is secondhand or ask all the questions and make sure you have the knowledge for it. So important with the chaos of the market and everything, what would you say is kind of like your, your top three picks right now that are out there? So I don't, I can't, <laughs> I always like feel so bad when I don't answer this question. Cause I just answer the damn question. I, I can't answer it. And here's why every like, it would be like you asking me, Michelle, what are the top three jeans that every single person should wear? What are they? Well, listen, I'm a high waisted girl and I will forever wear my high waisted mom jeans. Okay. Thank you very much. Don't so what, if I don't like, what if I don't like high waisted? And so one of my things is not high waisted. Then you're screwed. You will not be a low. You, if you tell me you like a low waisted hip hugger, I, I, you and I, I'm not seeing you when I come to Florida. Listen, I'm 43. There's nothing low waisted that is happening here. But two children, 43. Low waisted is not in my vocabulary. Thank okay. you. This is why we are fast friends. <laughs> yes. Um, but for my analogy purpose, the reason <laughs> I can't give people just get the, if I could, for the love of God, I would be like, go get these seats and you're good. But your kid fit is different. Your vehicle fit is different. Your budget is different. The things that are important to you are different. Do you want it to be washable? Do you not want it to be washable? Do you want it to have flame retardants? Do you not want it to have flame retardants? Do you care about a low leg? Do you not care about a low leg? I don't know. So that's why, yeah, we have buying kits that literally walk people through all of this stuff because in my opinion, the hardest part about buying a car seat is you don't even know what you're supposed to be asking. You don't even know yeah. what you're supposed to be looking for. I didn't ask about the Duna and as much as I loved the Duna, I hated yep. the Duna and like airplanes didn't always accept the Duna. Like that yep. was the other thing too. So it's like, and you can only use it for six months. If that, like, that's a big underlying if. So I just was like, Oh, saw it on Instagram. Looked very easy to maneuver. Sure. I'll take it to Disneyland. Yeah. It went to Disneyland, Michelle. That was it. Like my, my child like outgrew it within a week and yeah. the hydraulics on it, they don't exist. 
and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the perfect thing. And it, I, you know, yeah, I mean, we find most just like I did too. What car seats did I buy? The one my friends had, uh, that's what I bought <laughs> because that's what I thought to do. But did I like it the best now that I'm more educated on the process? No, I would have picked something different, but I didn't even know the right questions to ask or how to go about buying. And that's, it is truly why we created that product because it's a lot to think through and we want people to, a car seat is an investment. It's like an insurance policy in many ways. And so you want to pick the one that when you are going to invest this money, that's going to last you a long time. It is not going to, you're not, your kid isn't going to grow out, outgrow right away, or you're not going to be pissed off about it in six months. So right. you got to know the right questions to ask to get that right product, which is why I would have to ask you about 50 questions, maybe not that many, like 20 questions in order to be able to tell you the top three for you. And mm. that's, the, that's just kind of the reality is everybody's situation is different. Yeah. Well, Michelle, I have to ask you this as someone who is working all day, every day in the, you know, child, you know, all about the kids, all about the kids. How are you as a businesswoman juggling this, but then also being a mom and also taking care of yourself because you've got a huge business growing and how are you compartmentalizing all of this? It's, it's not gotta very be well. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I can talk to you for another hour about the car seats and everything, but at the end of the day, you're a businesswoman and you're a mom. Yeah. Everyone that listens to the Busy Momsy podcast is in these new mom jeans, right? They're in this, this new body, this new lifestyle. And I love speaking to other entrepreneurs because I, like, I want to be doing something like, you know what I mean? Like to, to hear someone else talk about how they're managing it and you're like, Oh, I'm not doing very good with it. That's fine. But what are like some of the highlights that you could share that yeah. are helping you? And you know what? Share what what's going to shit and like yeah. what you want to try to improve on. It's it's so helpful that that's what makes this community so real and raw and continuing to grow. Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of it is not necessarily lowering our expect expectations, but changing them. Like I'm in a season where my kids are now nine and seven, and that's different than when they were, let's see if I do that math, six and four, or, you know, then obviously before that, did I get that right? Yeah. Math in my head is clearly not a strong suit or math on paper. Also not a strong suit, um, which is a problem when you're running a business, but that's why I have good people to help. To, to um, but I think changing your expectations. So I think our business could grow even faster if I weren't a mom, but I'm a mom and that's, critically important to me. This is a season of life that I will not get back with my children. I'm also a single mom and I, one of my kids has special needs. And as a result, I have to be available at a moment's notice on a lot of days for things that happen at school or just various appointments or things that come up. And so for me, how do I juggle is I kind of prioritize what needs to happen in the business this year. That's very reasonable. I kind of set my, here's my big lofty goals, like everybody tells you to do. And then I kind of cut them in half and say, what's really something I can be proud of at the end of this year, um, based on where the season of life that I'm in right now. And then I do the same with my kids. Like I schedule my day very much around me being able to go to my daughter's 
field trip whenever it comes up or pick them up at school every day at 1:45 when they get out or whatever that needs to look like. So for me and my business, I have hired help sooner than I've been financially able to. As a result, I make less money so that I can do those other things. It's been a very, um, very deliberate move on my part where, yes, we could accelerate the business faster or potentially I can make more money if, but my amount of time to actually work is not, it's not limited, but it has to be very structured based around school schedules and my co-parenting schedule and, you know, all those types of things. So I feel like I'm just like rambling about it, but I, I just kind of pick. I feel like you're never asked. I feel like you're never asked. Yeah, I'm probably never asked. You're you're never asked. And you're also probably never asked, what what are you doing for you? Yeah. Well, and I will say just for everybody listening, I just did, we do confessions on Wednesdays on Instagram and so many of these moms, I mean, the, the overwhelm, the, how do I get to it all? How do I prioritize myself? And I will say, you know, in the last year, And my kids are almost 10. Jake is is nine and a half. And then my daughter just turned seven. In the last year, I've been able to actually commit to working out. And and that's just recently. I'm not saying other people couldn't find a way to fit it in. Or if you make it a priority, it'll happen. Good for you. But I couldn't do it. (laughs) I could just... I'm sorry. Just like... A glass of wine right now if I had one. It's like, I just couldn't, I couldn't get to it. It just wasn't something I was able to do. Just in the last year, I've been able to say these couple of things are critical to my mental health as much as anything else. So the other thing I will say to people, how do I juggle, juggle, I outsource wherever I can, even again, if it means that I am as a result, making less money or cutting back on things for myself personally, I outsource where I can, what I, with what I can afford to do, I get somebody to come and clean the house every other week because I just can't, I can spend better time, make more money, do more things, allotting those two hours to something else. And so it's just kind of like constant trade-offs, you know? No, I, I love that. I think it's a great thing to do. And it's also great for your mental headspace that you're like, okay, I don't have to give to that. And then I was, let's be real cleaning the house. I get angry because I'm like, why is that there? Like, it just yeah. like, then it just builds up in my head. of like, why did that happen? And why is that like this? So it is quite nice yep. to have someone else, you know, And I think it's like really important for, I think sometimes at least in like the influencer space, I think it can make it appear like me, if I categorize myself that way, which still is very weird to do. um, Like we have it all, like I do it all. I'm I'm doing the CrossFit every day. I'm cooking the meals and I'm cleaning the house. No, I have, I have a team (laughs) that works more hours than I do a lot of the time. And I have somebody that cleans my house every other week. I have amazing family support. You know, there are things that I've built into my village in order to be able to run a business and be a mom the way that I want to be a mom. And it does take a village and it's okay to ask for help. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine not asking for help. Like I I couldn't, I mean, I, I especially as a single mom, like there's no way. No, I was sick and twisted and thought I could just do it all. And then I finally was like, whoa, whoa, stop. We, I need help. 
I think a lot of us go into it like that because that's how we managed our lives before we could do it all. Yeah. And we somehow miraculously think like, we don't know to think that this little human is going to completely upend our lives in the best way and the hardest ways. So you, it's like, you don't know it's a new normal. It's creating a new normal. And I think for me, I'm recreating that new normal all the time as the seasons like ebb and flow. Well, I absolutely love that. And I know that you are busy and I can't thank you enough for sharing your time and your wisdom. And then also just being a mom and saying, damn it, this is freaking hard. Like oh after talking about your amazing, beautiful business and just to be able to go, I don't have it figured out and I'm taking one day at a time. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's talking to people like you getting connected with others. I think that's such a huge part of I think sometimes people feel like the village has to be physical, a physical village that is next to you because I'll have moms write in all the time say, I don't have anybody, but a village can be a virtual village as well. And I think sometimes just commiserating in the real raw hard of what this life is like is, I don't know, it's always super, super helpful to me to know that I'm not alone in those, you know, those feelings and experiences. Absolutely. Well, Michelle Pratt, thank you so much. The biggest virtual high five. I'm going to let you know when I come to Florida. I'm going to let you know. I love it. I'll be wearing my high-waisted jeans for you. Yes. Perfect. (laughs) You have a fab day. Thank you. You too. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes. Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.